This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. As Florida faces its own recovery efforts from Hurricane Ian, Puerto Ricans still trying to recover from Hurricane Fiona are pleading with the Biden administration to not forget the island's own slow-moving recovery efforts. So far, the Biden administration has committed $60 million to help with preparedness for future storms, and it has vowed to pay for 100% of the island's recovery costs for the month. Biden actually visited Puerto Rico as well on Monday to highlight his administration's commitment. We came here in person to show that we're with you as you receive and recover and rebuild. You have had to bear so much and more than need be, and you haven't gotten the help in a timely way. Still, despite the president's comments, community and nonprofit leaders in Puerto Rico have criticized the Biden administration for what they call missteps in the government's response to Hurricane Fiona. And they're worried that now after Hurricane Ian, the Biden administration's attention and resources will be shifted away from the island. So today, we check in with Politico's Gloria Gonzalez about how the island's community leaders are assessing the Biden administration's response so far, and how the island's residents hope the federal government can help. It's Tuesday, October 4th. So, Gloria, President Joe Biden visited Puerto Rico on Monday. So what did he do on his visit and what was his message there? Yes, so the president visited the municipality of Ponce, which is in one of the hardest hit regions of Puerto Rico following Hurricane Fiona. Parts of that area of the island received 20 to 30 inches of rainfall when Fiona hit on September 18th. So it was pretty devastating hit. So Biden visited Ponce to reiterate that the administration is going to be there for the people of Puerto Rico throughout this situation, regardless of how long it takes. And the reason why that was important is because people were feeling concerned that they were going to be forgotten in the wake of the hurricane passing and then Hurricane Ian hitting Florida and the devastation that it was causing there. And so there was a lot of concern and, quite frankly, criticism of the Biden administration for several issues, including what they said were slow flow of federal aid to the island, as well as some other issues that they felt could have been better in terms of the federal government's response to the disaster. But Biden really wanted to let the people of Puerto Rico know that he is there for them and that the federal government is committed to seeing the recovery through no matter how long it takes. Right. And so just to get a little bit deeper into what you just said, so how are the island's community leaders assessing the Biden administration's response so far? As you mentioned, not everyone is is happy. Is it maybe somewhat of a mixed bag? It is indeed. There are some elements that they do praise the administration for. They felt that the Biden administration was more proactive in terms of its preparations before the storm. Biden signed off on an emergency declaration even prior to the storm hitting the island. And so they felt that that part of the response was proactive and relatively speaking, compared to the last administration, night and day difference, where the Biden administration was more proactive in terms of its emergency response versus what we saw in the Trump administration after Hurricane Maria. 
that being said, there are still some criticisms of the Biden administration's response. It did take longer than people thought it should for the Biden administration, for example, to waive the Jones Act for a BP vessel that was near the island and was able to carry much-needed diesel supplies to the island. People felt like the Biden administration should have moved faster to waive that and provide diesel. The reason that's important is because with the power out, a lot of operations, including critical infrastructure like hospitals, are running on generators that are powered by diesel. And so the fact that it was difficult to obtain diesel for these operations and the grid was still down uh, was creating some very significant challenges in terms of providing health care and simply just getting around the island and delivering supplies to areas that were devastated and in need of basic essentials like food and water and other necessary supplies. Gotcha. And so what are some of the specific actions that activists and leaders you've spoken with are looking for for the Biden administration or Congress to implement in the short term or maybe even going forward to modernize the grid to help the island? Well, this isn't specific to the grid, but one thing that they do want is for a permanent change to the Jones Act. Puerto Rico being an island that needs to import a lot of their goods and resources, it becomes an issue with not being able to send vessels directly to the island. And so one thing that they really would like is for the Jones Act to just be repealed, basically. In terms of the grid itself, one of the things that they're really asking for Congress is the money is there for the grid. It's been appropriated. It was awarded after Hurricane Maria. What they want Congress to do is to basically force the speeding up of the spending of the money, like basically direct FEMA to ramp up its efforts to pay for projects that will repair the grid, as well as just freeing up some of the red tape, so to speak, that's been problematic for some of the projects in the past. Now, the Biden administration has ramped up its efforts to send this money to Puerto Rico. It's still a small amount of the overall billions of dollars that have been set aside for the island, including for specifically for the electric grid. So they would like Congress to speed that up, direct FEMA to speed that up in the Biden administration to to really focus on getting those funds to the island, which the president said that was going to be a priority for him, that the administration was going to move more quickly and as quickly as possible to get these funds to the island. Also, On Monday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a major case involving the scope of the Clean Water Act. As we talked about in yesterday's episode, Sackett v. EPA will take up the question of which streams, creeks, bogs, and marshes fall under the scope of the Environmental Protection Agency's powers. And during oral arguments yesterday, at least some of the court's conservatives did not appear to be ready to constrain federal authority as far as property rights activists have wanted. That's after legal observers had expected the Sacketts to easily win their case with six conservative justices on the bench. The High Court is expected to issue a formal ruling on the case sometime next year. For more news on energy and environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. 
Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian Production.